Hello, and welcome to BSN Extra, the show that has everything you need to know about Bearcat sports. I'm your host, Carlos Zimmerman. It's WAC tournament time, folks. We got a full preview of the men's and women's basketball tournament coming up next. We'll also take a look at what's ahead for the Diamond Sports this weekend with baseball kicking off WAC play on Friday. We've got all that and more on today's show. Joining me for the WAC tournament preview is a good friend and colleague of mine, Jordan Smith. So find a comfy spot, sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. The WAC tourney preview is next. And welcome back to WAC Vegas. As we celebrate more than a decade of madness at the Orleans Arena, the 2022 Hercules Tires WAC Basketball Tournament, March 9th through the 12th. In this year, there are even more games to watch with 20 teams in Las Vegas. For ticket information, go to WACSports.com. Welcome back, everyone, here on BSN Extra. Ladies and gentlemen, WAC Tournament has arrived. Kicking off later tonight with the opening round, and then the Bearcats get at it in the technical first round of the WAC Tournament. Second round, if you really want to be correct. But sitting down with me now is Sam Houston Alumni, a good friend and colleague of mine, and also contributor at the Huntsville item, Jordan Smith. Jordan, how you doing? Uh, doing pretty good. How about you? I'm doing fine. Uh, you know, the weather is not great today, but, <laughs> you know... Creeks galore on campus. Yes, yes, there are creeks all over this campus today and across the city, really. But, uh, no, I'm doing fine. It's uh, an incredible time. You know, it's March, March Madness, right. and... The WAC is about to get into full swing later tonight with the opening round and taking a look first at the men's side, UTRGV and California Baptist. That's the game to watch for the Bearcats because the winner of that, they get to face them in the first round of the WAC tournament. So this should make for an interesting game regardless of who they play. And I think for one thing, for Sam, even though they – Dropped down to the five seed because of forfeits, tiebreakers, what have you. Still good to at least get that first round by just so that way they can kind of rest, regroup, get a, get a little bit healthier, make sure they're all set and ready. And like you said, they'll face the winner of UTRGB and, and Cal Baptist. And, you know, it's it, that one's going to be an interesting matchup. I, I, I'm honestly not sure which way it's going to go. I feel like the obvious answer... Cal Baptist, you know, we were kind of talking about it before. You know, Cal Baptist starting out pretty good on the season uh, before things just kind of started to tumble the wrong way. But it, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I think RGB could put up a, a big fight in that one. Uh, and whoever Sam faces between those two, I feel like is going to be a big fight either way. And the big difference here is. This is the first time that California Baptist has ever gone to being able to play in Vegas, if I'm not mistaken. If for those who don't know, California Baptist is still technically in the transition for D1. So here's the interesting thing about them. If they were to somehow run the table all the way through to the WAC championship, they would not be able to go to the NCAA tournament because of that transition rule. So now, do I think that would happen? Probably not. The, 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 the top half of the WAC is just... So stacked. But lest we forget, it's March. 
anything can really happen, and we saw it down the stretch of this season. Chicago State beating New Mexico State was just that was insane. Something different that I've haven't seen really in in this conference yet this season. I haven't seen a monumental upset of a bottom feeder knocking off a top dog, and that's what happened. So when it comes to playing at a neutral site. Things could change very, very fast. And when you look at UTRGV on the other side, they did not have the greatest of seasons, if as you can already tell. Uh, three and fifteen in conference play. Believe two of those wins come against Lamar, who did not win a single game in conference play, and then one other win as well. But. They are a pesky team as well. We all know it. The Bearcats have had their struggles going down to Edinburgh and playing them. And the other thing for RGV, they know the atmosphere at Orleans Arena in Las Vegas. They've been there already. So you know that they're going to be chomping at the bit to knock out a first-time appearing California Baptist and maybe try and get some revenge against the Bearcats in the first round. See, if you're gonna if you're gonna be a Cinderella team in March, man, this is the perfect time to get hot. Start, you know, towards the end of the season. Obviously, too late for that. Now it's time for whack play. This is the right time to get hot if you're UTRGB, and you know they've they've got a good matchup in the first round against Cal Baptist. Like you said, they've had their bit of struggles. Got the couple wins against Lamar, three and fifteen on the year, tied for second last with with uh, Chicago, but. <sighs> You know, it, it this is this is the time for one of these these teams towards the bottom part of the conference tournament to somehow surprise everybody. We saw it with Sam Houston soccer just this past year, uh, in the the final year of them being Southland Conference members, right? Making a Cinderella run and almost winning the entire conference tournament itself. You know, obviously different sport, but the point being, we've seen it throughout the years through college basketball, men's and women's both. Cinderella runs can happen at any moment, and honestly, this this would be a perfect team to do it. Another team that would be interesting to do it, I would think, is Dixie State. Yeah. Well, the thing is, actually, Dixie State doesn't go to the tournament because of their transition rules. However, to your point, they could be a team down the line that when they do get to participate in the WAC tournament, same with Tarleton, is that they're going to be factors as well, and then especially when they're full D1. Because what one thing people have failed to realize is that, you know, despite Tarleton and Dixie playing their entire season knowing that, oh, we're really not playing for much other than maybe an appearance in the CBI or the CIT. But they played well this year. I mean, when you, when you, when you look at them, 9-9 nine and nine for Tarleton, solid, would have been the 8 seed had there been a full field, which is not bad at all. Probably playing... Oddly enough, if because one thing I just realized yesterday, um, a colleague, Jason Barfield, told me this. The WAC was supposed to be an eight-team tournament where the five plays the eight, the six plays the seven, winner goes on to play the three, four, two, one, so on, so forth. They added the two teams so that they could have more of a full field, if you will. If Tarleton's eligible and you're at that eight-team factor... Sam Houston's playing Tarleton in the first round of a team they split the season with. Now, now obviously, this is all speculation and, and, and everything, but Tarleton's a good squad. So is Dixie. They had some good runs this season. They were toe-to-toe with Grand Canyon the other night. So watch out for them later on in the season. Now, for UTRGV and Cal Baptist, that kicks off at 8 p.m. later tonight. And... The other matchup at 10.30 our time, Chicago State and Utah Valley. And now here's why this is an interesting matchup. Chicago State, 
like we said, knocking off New Mexico State, the top team in the in the WAC, one of the top teams in the country. Strange things happen in tournament time, and just knowing from ha- watching that their their kind of demeanor on social media, Chicago State's hungry for a win. They have never won a game at the Western Athletic Conference tournament, and they are looking for one against Utah Valley, who's a tough team. Not to mention boasting an NBA prospect in Fardaz Amac. I was saying, especially with it being their last year in the whack, if I'm not mistaken. That's correct. Why not go out on a high note? You know, go out and try to make your try to be that team that makes a Cinderella run and gets their first win in whack tournament play. And they got a good chance against Utah Valley. Went ten and eight. You know, in conference play, still a pretty pretty good team. And overall, nineteen and eleven on the season. You know, obviously, different story for Chicago, but it's a decent first matchup for Chicago in the first round of tournament play. Obviously, you win, you advance, you're going to face a lot harder competition. It's going to look a lot less likely you're going to make a pass, but you've got a decent first shot here in you know to start conference play, to conference tournament play, and really as well. Even though the record doesn't say it, Chicago seemed to somewhat play a little bit better towards the end of the season as a cohesive unit, and especially highlighted by the win against New Mexico State. But it seemed like they somewhat started to kind of gel and play a little bit better towards the end of the year. Yeah, and they they boast a stud player as well, Brandon Betson. He was the one that hit the game-winning shot against New Mexico State with two seconds left. So... Who knows what will happen, but Utah Valley, like I said, they, they, they've had a big couple big wins as well. The one win that people forget about, they beat number 12 at the time, BYU. So you know that they're going to be coming out to play in that game. And the winner of that game between Chicago State and Utah Valley, they will play Abilene Christian coming up on Wednesday. And like we said, UTRGB and California Baptist get the winner. The winner of that game will play Sam Houston. So, Jordan, when you look at Sam Houston specifically – who do you who 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 do you favor when it, in terms of who they are going to end up facing when it comes to UTRGV or California Baptist? They played two close games with UTRGV. Granted, the one here at home was a lot was not as close as the final score made it out to be. The Bearcats were up big by twenty plus, and the bench came in and kind of let UTRGV back in. But when they went down to Edinburgh, they were having tough times. Bearcats have only had one matchup of California Baptist this year, and it was in Riverside. The Bearcats won, but it was a nail biter. So. What do you think? When you look at the two teams, obviously you see the overall record. 17 and 14 for Cal Baptist, 8 and 22 for RGB. But really the more important part of it, you look at the conference schedule. Cal Baptist only have four more wins than UTRGB in all the conference play. Both had a losing record. When I look at this match, and this is why I was kind of going back and forth on who I was thinking was really going to win cuz this is going to be one of those big nail biters. To, to start the conference tournament and really for one of the closer games, I think, in any first-round matchup in all of college basketball. I'm going to edge out and say Cal Baptist only because I feel like they just have a little bit more kind of going for them momentum-wise. But RGV is going to put up a very good fight in that game. And I feel like no matter who wins in this one, I feel like it's still going to be a tough, close, nail-biter kind of game with which one of these te- whichever one of these teams face Sam Houston in the second round because of how competitive they are against Sam Houston, especially, like you said, 
getting the win against Cal Baptist, but kind of a nail-biter during the regular season. It's going to be close either way, but I feel like Cal Baptist has the edge. Now, before we move on to the women's side of things and take a look at what's ahead for Sam Houston in that front, Sam Houston for men, on the men's side, they have a gauntlet that they're going to have to go through if they want to make a run to the WAC championship. Because really, say you don't make the NCAA tournament, but if you can just make the conference championship, I feel like that's a win in of itself, especially after how last season ended when losing to Lamar in the first game that you played in. Heartbreak. And then let's go two years back before that. Skip the pandemic year, 2019. Lose, lose to New Orleans in the Don't semifinals. Don't remind me of that year. I, I know. I know. <laughs> Don't remind me. That was tough. I was I was there. I was, it was before I was a student at Sam, but I was there watching the tournament, and that was a heartbreaking one to just watch as a basketball fan. But if you can just get that one win in the tournament, that I think that gives the confidence boost for, for men's as it is, especially when you the, – the gauntlet I'm talking about is you face Grand Canyon – if you can get past either UTRGV or California Baptist. And Grand Canyon, sure, you beat them at home, but they gave you a rocking at their place. Now you're at a neutral site, so really the slate is wiped clean. And then after that, you face New Mexico State. Sure, you beat them by 25 at your place and probably one of the most unprecedented wins that you had all season. That doesn't happen twice. No, it does not happen twice. So, and you know that, sure, you held... You held the now player of the year, Teddy Allen, to two points in that ballgame. It's not going to happen again because Teddy Allen's been on a different tear since that game. And New Mexico State has looked like a different team outside of that loss to Chicago State since you rocked them by 25. So you know that when if you run into them again and you get past the tough Grand Canyon led by Bryce Drew, who's got a, a heck of a lot of history, it's going to take a lot to get there, but do I think the Bearcats can? I know it's there. It's a matter of the key, and I was talking about this with Jason yesterday, with Jason Barfield, not Coach Hooten, um, that we just got to hit shots. We have got to hit shots when they matter most. If the three ball is not on, you got. You and I talked about this in the loss earlier this season in Missouri State. You and I both had that call on KSAM. You got to abandon the three, and you got to start driving inside. And this is something that, as you and I, you know, we've known each other personally for a good couple of years now. and Too long. <laughs> basically, it feels like. But I, I've been saying this since day one. You've got to hit the free throws. It's the one thing that throughout some conference games over the years has, has not really helped them and has factored in, in some losses as well. And even in conference time especially late in games when it when it matters most, some free throws just don't fall. You've got to hit the free throws when it matters most. That's a big thing. Like you said as well, when the three's not working, reestablish your inside game. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. But I feel like the biggest factor in this game alone, and I've said it all season long with you, and I will say it again, it is how, not just how Savion Flag performs himself, but how he gets the rest of his teammates involved. And he's done a very good job of that this season as the leader of the team. He's going to have to do that again in this conference tournament. He is the main difference maker in regards to whether or not Sam Houston wins their matchup against the winner of Cal Baptist in RGB and then heads on to the third round of the tournament. Savion Flag is that key factor. He, his performance alone 
but then also mainly his performance in how he gets his teammates involved and how often and early on, too. Because if you can establish that early lead, you're set. A lot less pressure when you're up by 8, 10 points than there is when you're down by 15. Well, I mean, there's even the case of where you sh- you may be able to get a big lead, but if you squander that, it's about how you respond to that. We saw that earlier this year that when Sam Houston went up to play Seattle, up in Seattle, up big early, 26-8 to eight at one point, and then you lost 78-63. to 63. So you know how fast that that can change. So it's a matter of how you react to it. And yeah, Savion Flag, X Factor for this game. He's got to be on it. And another guy that I think really needs to be on it too, there needs to be a, what I was hoping this year was going to be was a two-headed dragon of Savion Flag and Demarcus Lampley. Yep. I haven't quite seen everything I've wanted to see out of Lamp so far this season. He's had a couple of or a, a good amount I wouldn't say a good amount, but a, a few bad games. But I'm hoping that win over Tarleton when the three was on in that ball game, I believe they shot 10 of 23 from three, which is big. Um, Hopefully that translates to tomorrow night, but we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, there's a lot of accolades that just popped up here for the Bearcats as well. Savion Flag on the all-newcomer team. Javion May on the all-defensive team. He's going to be a big factor as well as... Javion May and his defense and the way he rebounds the ball. So we'll just have to wait and see. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll chat about women's basketball here on BSN Extra. To sunrise catchers and faithful fetchers. To smoke artists and fire dancers. To abuelos and their favoritos. To the next generation of anglers and weekend wranglers. HEB brand products were born and raised to be Texas favorites, guaranteed. And they could only come from HEB to Texas with love. Welcome back, everyone, here on BSN Extra. Still sitting down here with Jordan Smith, Sammy Stone alumni contributor over at the Huntsville Item as well. Now taking a look at the women's side of things opening round kicking off literally in uh we, we're recording this at 10 40 so they kick off at 2 p.m later today so they uh kick off in just uh just over three hours seattle u and utrgv however that is not the game that matters for the bearcats seattle u and utrgv the winner of that will play abilene christian who's the five seed the one that matters for the bearcats is lamar and new mexico state now, at, for the Bearcats, I'm trying to recall if they had won their matchup against New Mexico State, and I believe they did. That's not Sam Houston. That's Abilene Christian. I just clicked on my mistake. New Mexico State, that came when the Bearcats were away, and no, they did not beat New Mexico State. 72-59 to 59 winners in Las Cruces. Bearcats split their season with Lamar in the most odd way possible. You lost at home to Lamar, but you won at their place. The Montaigne Center is not an easy place to play in down in Beaumont. And you were able to pick up the win on the road. So on the women's side, but just looking at the women's side as a whole, full pun intended, what a wacky, wacky season for women's basketball on the Sam Houston side. I know you hated that, but on the Sam Houston (laughs) side, that's why I said full pun intended. You start conference play 0-6 and then go on a run of a lifetime when you get your coach back. You started that run without her, and then you get her back for the California Baptist game, 
and you just went on a tear. I I I don't think I've ever seen it. And sure, they 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 had a couple losses down the stretch, but you know that's going to come with the territory. And facing a tough team like SFA and the perennial favorite to win the conference, but still, th- th- this team is a lot better than their seed shows. And something that I've been saying ever since Raven Justice got here and ever since she started to turn around this program from what it was with Brenda Nichols, the former head coach before Justice was named just a few years ago. And this is a, you know, no disrespect to the rest of the coaching staff. This team does not win without Raven Justice being there. Plain and simple. Raven Justice is the entire identity of this women's basketball squad. And we see, we've see we seen it over the last few years, how they've been able to turn it around, how they've been able to do really, really good, especially in conference play, and dominate their opponents in easy fashion. And especially in the 2020 season where the Bearcats still, in my opinion, had their best chance of getting to the dance for the first time in school history that year had the conference tournament obviously played out then pandemic started, everything got canceled. So obviously that didn't happen. But this Bearcat squad, they, they've got something good right now. They won nine of their last 11 in conference play to end the year. And they're on a good run. They're on a very good run. They, they seem to somewhat have an identity again with this team. Kind of seemed like throughout the year, yes, you obviously had the leader, in Faith Cook, you had Madeline Batista there to get the boards. You had Kaylee Jefferson, you know, step up and have some good play as well throughout the year. But really, it seems like they kind of were looking for that identity the entire year. It's going to be up to Faith Cook, to Madeline Batista, to Kaylee Jefferson to really get it going in Vegas and really take charge and lead the squad, especially Faith Cook. Obviously, leader of the team. Everybody knows it. She's the one that's going out. She's fixing to graduate. This is this is it for her. If I'm the Bearcats, I'm trying everything I can to get some big wins in the beginning because once you start getting that momentum, that's going to help you, especially when you have to face the Grand Canyons, the Cal Baptists, the Utah Valleys, and the later rounds of the tournament, for example. It's... It's going to be hard. So once you can get that momentum going, that's half the game. The other half is just playing like you did the second half of conference play. See, the more I'm thinking about it, both men's and women's have a gauntlet to go through because you get the winner of Lamar in New Mexico State, two teams you've had your struggles with this year, but obviously a different point in the season now when compared to when you played them. Um, then you go on to play... Face California Baptist, the team you beat in your house, who at the time was the number one team in the WAC. And after that happened, it just fell off the rails for them. Now, granted, I say that very lightly. California Baptist still finished 13-5 and five in the WAC, good for the, for, for the third seed. But you, you were able to get them off their game. And then after that, you face Grand Canyon, a team you also beat at your place not too long ago. And one of those players you mentioned, Kaylee Jefferson, making those good plays throughout the season. She was one. That was one of them. That killer three with about 15 seconds left. Yep. Was able to win it for the Bearcats against Grand Canyon. So what is it, in my eyes, what it's going to take 
is for one thing, it's a lot like the men's. You got to hit some shots. They they've got to go your way when you're when you're facing you know Lamar or New Mexico State. Honestly, you could think the same way when you face either one, right? Because it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough go either way, and. Some pe- team, and when you look at those seniors, yeah, I mean, we talk a lot about Faith Cook, but you know, Courtney F- Cleveland, when she's not in foul trouble, she's she can play, yep, and be a real factor. She's another senior who's been here a good while. She's been here as long as I've been here, and another one that just came on, Lee Etchie, is another one that you know, a good role player that's able to make some good plays offensively, and then she's really a force defensively as well. So you're going to be looking to her in these games. But really, I think one, one X factor for the Bearcats is going to be is Damaya Telemach in that she kind of complements Faith Cook with her shooting. She does. And like you said, she's going to be a, a big player to watch for the Bearcats in this WAC tournament because of the fact that Yes, obviously Cook is going to probably supplement a, a few, you know, plays to her. The playbook's going to give a few opportunities for her. When those opportunities come, she's going to have to make the most of it. Like you said, when, when she's not in foul trouble, you know, she's another player. When you're not in foul trouble, she does really, really well. This is going to be a player that obviously not the obvious Faith Cook, not the obvious Madeline Batista, like you said, but she's that player that, if Telemach isn't going well, then it's going to basically be up to Cook to make the shot, Jefferson to make the every once in a while shot from deep, for example, and Batista to try to get the second chance on the offensive side of things. If Telemach doesn't go, it's going to be a lot harder of a time for the Bearcats in Vegas to hang on the leads, to get wins, and to move on. So they've really got to rely on her to play that X-Factor role and to really play that supplemental role of, hey, you know, a good part of the offense is relying on you to make opportunities not for yourself, not just for yourself, but for other players as well, to, you know, drive inside, kick it back out to Jefferson or whoever, for example, take the quick three, take the quick baseline shot, mid-range, what have you. A good amount of the offense is going to be set around what Telemach does on the court. 100%. And now, now that I look through it, and we're going to get to our predictions here for this tournament here in a moment, Tell you what, we can just get to it now. Looking at this women's side, since we already have it up. I think the Bearcats, for one thing, getting the sixth seed was not the worst thing at all. Because, like I said, sure, it's a gauntlet you have to go through. You're facing California Baptist, and if you get past them, you go to Grand Canyon. These are two teams you beat in your house. But now you kind of go into their house, quote-unquote, because this, outside of California Baptist, because I believe it, it... Someone can correct me on this. I believe this is their first appearance in the tournament since being able to transition up. Grand Canyon knows that that place all so well. But if you can, but when it comes to a neutral site, anything can happen. Do I think the Bearcats have a good chance on the women's side? A good chance to return to a conference championship in a, in a new conference? I think they do. Same because. You've already beaten these two teams, and you know what they bring to the table. And are they going to be hungry for a win? Absolutely, are they? They're going to be hungry for a win because you knocked their teeth in at your place. So, who waits on the other side? Our good old friends from Nacogdoches. I was going to say that's pretty much the obvious answer right there. Do I think we're going to have a repeat of the Southland Conference Championship from last season in SFA and Sam Houston? One hundred percent, I do. Yeah, that's where I'm at. And then that's going to show, and I think that's interesting because 
SFA and Sam Houston have been so used to been playing in Katy all those years. You're in Vegas now. It's a new atmosphere. It's a different look for both teams. That's why I think the championship tournament's going to be is SFA and Sam Houston because I look at the I look at who SFA is going to have to deal with. It's you know either Seattle U or UTRGV moving on. They play Abilene Christian. If Abilene Christian gets past it, which I think they will, they have to play Utah Valley. I think Abilene Christian gets past Utah Valley, so it's going to be an ACU SFA semifinal. That's going to be something I would love to see because that's going to be a heck of a ball game. But I think SFA is just so good this season and the way they have just put everything together this season to go 17-1 and and win the whack in your first try. Yeah, they're going to be a big factor. But I f- truly think on the women's side, it's going to be SFA and Sam Houston. And, and my thing with that, too, is this, right? You obviously know SFA is going to get there, even potentially on both sides, because what, you know, give credit to the Lumberjacks, you know, with what little we do, because they're our rivals, but <laughs> give them credit. They have absolutely dominated in the basketball side of things for the last, what, seven years. Obviously, you had the Cinderella run with SFA that, a bit ago, but... You know, really in the last five to seven years, they have really upticked that program with basketball on both sides of it for men's and women's basketball. And the last few years, especially, they have really dominated, only losing two, three games in the last three years in conference play altogether on both sides each. So, you know, obviously, SFA is going to get there. Yeah. For Sam Houston, my thing is this you have to win, you have to win to get in. Because the fact of the matter is, if you get to the conference championship and you don't win that, you're not getting in. NIT. Exactly. Now, let's say it was Cal Baptist and SFA. Y'all might have a last four in. Maybe with a stretch. But if Sam wants to get to the dance, they got to win. They got to get the AQ. On both sides. They have to. You know, now men's... Maybe a different story depending on who's there, but the fact of the matter is you got to win to get in. It's the only way you're going to get in with how the season has unfolded. Obviously, good run, like I said, nine of the last 11. It's going to be tough, though, like you said, on both sides. Maybe a tiny bit less for the women, but... It's still a tough road nonetheless, especially having to face Grand Canyon and Cal Baptist. Yeah. The two and three seeds in the right. league. It's not gimmies, and I know I'm seeming ambitious to say that Sam Houston women's side could make a run to the championship. And, you know, I think, you know, the men's could even try and make a run at it. Get a few lucky bounces here or there. Why not? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm confident now looking at the men's side that they can beat either UTRGV or California Baptist with ease. It's that Grand Canyon matchup. If you can beat Grand Canyon, that tells me where this team is at. Right. After, you know, Bearcats kind of have a bad taste in their mouth on the men's side after getting trounced by 26 in Phoenix, which was it wasn't great to see. The shooting was not on. The three-point shooting wasn't on. And not having Savion for the last eight minutes did not help either. But now that he's back and healthy, I think if you can beat Grand Canyon... You get a matchup with New Mexico State who also has a bad taste in their mouth after you knock them in by 25. 
there's a chance, but if you want me to, if you want a prediction for me on the men's side of who's going to appear in that conference championship, I've said it since the beginning of the season. It's going to be New Mexico State and SFA. Because the way that both those programs have turned it around after really tough losses, and oddly enough, it was the losses to Sam Houston that really turned their season around. I think it's I think I think it could potentially be them too. And do I think this conference is a two bid right now? No, and the reason why is those losses to Sam Houston that threw a monkey wrench into the fact that the WAC will not be a multi-bid conference because at the end of the day, those are bad losses for those teams. Let me propose this to you. And this goes for both sides, men and women. Mm -hmm. SFA gets to the conference championship on both sides. They lose. Do they get in? I believe the women's does. I don't think the men's does. The only way for the men's for that to happen is they would need a lot of number one seeds from around the country to win their conference tournaments. And I mean out of some even some smaller conferences. Some mid-majors. Some, mid, some other mid-majors like the MAC, the uh, MAAC. They need Iona to win that conference. They need um, teams out of the Mountain West. The, the Mountain West. Even those multi, those true multi-bid conferences like the Mountain West, like, the like well, the Missouri Valley finished just the other day. Um, that didn't help them either because that was a four-seed winning the Missouri Valley. So they would need a lot of help on the men's side. But I feel like on the women's side, if SFA gets to the conference championship and loses, it also depends on who they lose to because that is also... Sam Houston. If it's Sam Houston, I don't rightfully know if they get in. Because they already, for one, SFA swept Sam Houston on the women's side. And on the men's side, they split. Rightfully, I don't think on the women's side they could get in. Because when if I'm in the eyes of the committee on the women's side and you look at it, it was like, oh, you lost to a team that you beat pretty good during the regular season. Now, it's a matter Even of... Even though they'd only finish the season with five losses? Right. The other thing they have to look at, you know, one thing that the NCAA has really looked at in the last few years is net rankings. They have used that a lot as a resume for tournament teams. So I think for SFA, it depends who they lose to. If they lose to the two seed, so let's say Grand uh, Grand Canyon, or excuse me, yeah, Grand Canyon makes a run at, or no, excuse me, it's, uh, here, let me just pull it up real quick. Two seed in the WAC. I believe it's Grand Canyon, I, I, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm, yeah, it, is, it, is, it is Grand Canyon. If it's SFA and Grand Canyon and Grand Canyon beats SFA, I think SFA gets in yeah. on the women's side. That's where I'm at. But if it's anybody else, I'd be having a really tough time in, the, in that committee room if I was looking at it despite SFA having would just be just five losses. And I think the one thing that's going to hurt SFA is – I paid attention to this all season long. On the women's side, they never even got a single vote in that AP Top 25. And I think that's another thing that's going to hurt them down the stretch if they don't win the conference tournament. Yeah. So, folks, taking a look at the whole thing, like we said, kicks off today. UTRGV in Seattle, they play at 2 o'clock. The one the Bearcats are going to be watching, the 4.30 matchup between New Mexico State and Lamar. The Bearcats get the winner of that. And again, a reminder, tomorrow, Bearcats women's. They will kick off at 4.30 p.m. with the winner of Lamar and New Mexico State. On the men's side, 
They await UTRGV and California Baptist. UTRGV and California Baptist play at 8 o'clock tonight. And, well, here we are. The run to March Madness and to the Big Dance is on. Ten teams vying for really, ten teams on both sides, vying for really, in my opinion, one spot in the NCAA tournament on both the men's and the women's side. Stranger things have happened, though, when it comes to Selection Sunday. So, and that's coming up here in just a few days. So, you never know what's going to happen, and that is what's ahead for the Bearcats. I'm optimistic on both sides, but some things are going to have to go the Bearcats' way on the men's side and then the women and the women as well for them to be able to make a run. First, not only at an NCAA tournament appearance, but a WAC championship appearance for the women's if they make the dance it would be their first ever appearance for the men's it would be their first since 2010 under the direction of bob marlin jordan thank you so much for being on with me today and i'm excited for what's coming up i am too and i probably won't hear for you for the next month and a half nope. so i'll see nope. you at my birthday in a couple months yeah yeah you, <laughs> one thing people don't know about me is that i love this week champ week is so much fun i'm gonna be glued to my tv for at least the next month watching this incredible time i mean it's it's an incredible time of year i look forward to march every year and it, it's so much fun and it's the athletes that make it fun as well when i come back we'll take a look ahead at baseball and softball and what they got on tap baseball kicks off whack play this week as the softball as well they continue their whack run after sweeping lamar this last week and all that and more coming up here on bsn extra third generation bearcat tacy webb roped her way to a national championship through her hard work and fearless dedication. Trading her saddle for nursing scrubs, Tacy set her sights in another arena, a place where she can champion the needs of others. Since 1879, we've been helping students like Tacy reach their championship potential. Sam Houston State University, a great name in education. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, here on BSN Extra. Special thank you to Jordan Smith for joining me for the first two segments, looking at the WAC tournament. Speaking of things of the WAC, WAC play opens up this weekend for baseball as they're coming off of an incredible weekend, an incredible weekend with Texas Southern, outscoring them 50-25 to 25 this weekend, scoring in double digits in all three games this weekend in a just an incredible hitting weekend for the likes of Carlos Contreras, the current whack hitter of the week. Justin Wyszkowski is another one that comes to mind. Clayton Chadwick. And some of the younger guys even getting into the action. Luke Repka and amongst others. So the Bearcats sending themselves some good spots. Miles Jefferson, he's another one that comes to mind that had a really good weekend. Especially in the time where you have your middle infield not in the ballgame. Brandon Pruitt and Anthony McKenzie did not play at all this weekend due to injury. So... It's got the Bearcats in a good spot. Good to see them hitting very well through that series with Texas Southern. Like I said, 50 runs scored this weekend. 10 on Friday, 21 on Saturday, and 19 on Sunday. They look ahead now. They face Tarleton coming up this weekend. Bearcats are 4-0 in their series history with the Texans, but they have not faced Tarleton since 1969. It has been 
over 50 years since the Bearcats have played the Texans. Tarleton, so far this year, they are 3-8 and eight to start it off. Three wins coming against UTSA. That was a 12-1 win in seven innings. They beat UIW 1-0 and one game against Eastern Illinois 8-3. Now, the thing with those UTSA and Eastern Illinois series, they are the only wins that kept them from getting swept. So, that's something to be of note. They haven't had some easy opponents either. Besides UTSA and Eastern Illinois facing Missouri, got swept by them this last weekend, then in a single-game loss to Washington State. So, it hasn't been an easy go for the Texans so far to start the season. However, Tarleton does have a midweek matchup coming up on Wednesday against Texas A&M before they come to Huntsville to take on the Bearcats. So we'll see if that's going to be of any benefit to them facing a very tough Texas A&M team. But the key for the Bearcats is the bats need to stay alive. Uh, If they can keep it going from what they had this last weekend, they can definitely take three wins against Tarleton and kind of leave those early season losses behind. The Bearcats will be in good shape moving through conference play. Looking at softball, they had a sweep this weekend as well. Beat Lamar to open up whack play this last weekend, winning 10 to nothing in the first game uh, of the series in five innings. And then going a little bit closer, 7-2 to two, to win the second series. But then came game three. I was there doing PA and... You're down 6-3 in the bottom of the seventh inning. You're able to get some some hits to go your way. Got a walk or two. You had two runners on for Braley Wasik, and she just hit an absolute bomb over the left field wall. Maybe, I don't know if that's the best way to describe it. The It was a rather a line drive home run that just snuck over the wall. The bomb that was hit was two batters later. Elia Hebel hitting a bomb over the left field wall to walk it off and sweep the series with Lamar. 7-6 to six winning that last game. So that's a big confidence booster for softball as they have a doubleheader coming up on Wednesday facing Kennesaw State, the Owls, out of the A-Sun. Bearcats have only faced Kennesaw once in series history. That was back in 2008. That was a 3-0 neutral site loss in Clearwater, Florida. Kennesaw hasn't had the best start to the season. They're 6-12, and 12, so they've played a good amount of games. Went 2-2 two and two at the Joanne Graff Classic. They knocked off Loyola Chicago and Mercer, but lost both their mashups to, at the time, number four Florida State. Swept by Samford in a pair of two-game series, so four straight losses to Samford. They went 2-2 two and two at the Interstate 75 Challenge, their host tournament, beating East Tennessee State and Georgia State before losing to Penn State twice. A home loss to Georgia Tech. And then they went 2-3 and three at the Razorback Rumble, only beating Kansas City, the Ruse, twice. Losing to, Ar- number, at the time, number 8 Arkansas twice, and then once to Missouri State. And then, so, the Bearcats have a little bit of an interesting matchup coming up on Wednesday with Kennesaw State. They can get a pair of wins there and continue to boost that momentum. They will continue whack play on Friday as they will be in Tarleton, taking on the Texans. The Bearcats are 1-0 in series history with Tarleton with the one win coming last season. Here in Huntsville, 3-1. to one. The key for the Bearcats in that series and the two games against Kennesaw State, pitching's got to be on, obviously. You would love to see Mika Vento and, uh, amongst others, to have good outings. Reagan Dunn had a really good outing this weekend against Lamar. Pitched very, very well, especially in that first game to open the series. Got to get Taylor Bachmeyer going. You got to get her going and be able to get some good pitches to go her way. And same for Christine Billmeyer. Pitched very well against Texas. Six innings for her. 
in that loss to Texas. Only a 2 nothing loss, mind you, to UT. So if you can get that pitching going, the bats will be alive as well as we have seen for Bearcat softball. Before we go, Bearcats are, as of this moment, at the, the men's golf is at L- the Lampkins Grips SD Classic, hosted by the San Diego Toreros. At last check, the Bearcats as a team are tied for 14th right now amongst the 16 teams. Tied with Denver, currently four over as a team. Josh Herman is currently two under for the day, and Chad Sewell leads the team overall at two under. Women's golf is at the North Florida Collegiate, the UNF Collegiate, at the current moment. And at last check, the Bearcats are fifth in the team leaderboard, shooting 18 over as a team right now. Individually, Zalika Nasser is currently even on the day through 12, tied for ninth. Jennifer Herbst is tied for 12th. She is one over. And lastly, track and field is at the NCAA Indoor Championships on Friday and Saturday. The big one to watch, of course, is Clayton Fritch in pole vault. So we are excited to see what is going to come at the NCAA Indoors coming up this week. And last thing before we officially go, a reminder, Bearcat men's basketball is kicking off their end of the tournament Wednesday, 8 p.m. You can catch the game on ESPN Plus, live from Las Vegas. KSAM 1017 will also have the call. Rob Hip will have it for you again with pregame at 7.50 p.m. That's 8 p.m. our time for the tip. And then on the women's basketball side as well, of course, for the men's, they await either UTRGV or California Baptist, depending on how that game goes tonight. The women's side on Wednesday, they will be at 4.30 p.m. The game is on ESPN+, Plus, but it'll also be streamed live on GoBearCats.com and the Bearcats Sports Network. Jason Barfield will have the call live from Las Vegas at the Orleans Arena. Women's awaits either Lamar or New Mexico State. Now, as for baseball this weekend, there will not be a broadcast of the games this weekend. So what does that mean, folks? That means come on out to the Don and support the Bearcats as they finish up a four-game home, uh, four more games in the homestand after having the start go pretty well, 3-1 and one in the homestand. They got the last half coming up this weekend with Tarleton Friday at 6.30, Saturday at 3 o'clock, Sunday at 1 p.m. They close the homestand on Tuesday, March 15th at Baylor, or excuse me, at the dawn against Baylor. So it should be an exciting run to the end of the homestand for the Bearcats. Man, they would love to go four straight and get to seven and one on the season. Us are on this end of the season so far through that homestand. And then a reminder, softball is at is at the Bearcat softball complex. Man, I can't talk today. At the Bearcat softball complex against Kennesaw State. Tomorrow, Wednesday, March 9th, 4 p.m. and 6 p.m. A doubleheader again won't be broadcasted, so go out there and support the Bearcats coming up this week. They are at Turtleton on Friday with a doubleheader from 4 and 6, and then on Saturday, the close of the series at 1. That will do it here on BSN Extra. Thank you so much for joining us today. We will have another edition of the podcast coming at you next week, and then the week after that, after spring break, We will be back with the live edition of BSN Extra. So we hope you tune in throughout the rest of the semester and hope you enjoy every bit that we bring to you. For our entire crew here at the BSN Studios, Jason Barfield and Sheridan McGrew, my producers, my name is Carlos Zimmer. Thank you so much for joining us here today, ladies and gentlemen. And as always, friends, eat them up, cats, and have a pleasant tomorrow. Go Bearcats down in Vegas. Hope we can come out with some big wins and hopefully 
a berth to the NCAA tournament. Have a great rest of your day, everyone, and we'll see you next time right here on BSN Extra.